Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. Yes, we are coming to the end of an amazing series, Exploring Ephesians, Paul's inspired letter from prison to Christians in Ephesus and also to us. Today, Ephesians in your heart. In other words, let's talk about living what we've learned in this amazing series. We're glad you joined us and welcome to the team too. Have you learned some things in this series? Exploring Ephesians, not just that it was a big city, uh, maybe number four in the Roman Empire and a center of pagan worship and had a lot of columns like the ones you see on the wall, but <laughs> mm. that there were men and women of God who were walking in Ephesus worthy of the calling yeah. by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's certainly yeah. our prayer too. Mm. So good to see the team. Welcome to some remotes. Travis, good to see you. Give us a wave. We're glad you're here with us again. And Leah, good to see you too. We're glad you're with us as we study. And I think one more, Haiti. Yes, Haiti, good to have you with us. Great to study the Word of God together. And we're glad that you are here. You have been an important part of this series on Exploring Ephesians too. And we're always happy to hear from you. Why don't you write to us today, sshope at hopetv.org. Now I've noticed in recent months, we're getting a lot of comments on our YouTube channel. So if you watch on YouTube, you can leave a comment below and we love to interact with you there. I think we have over 90,000 subscribers on a fairly newly launched Hope Sabbath School YouTube channel. So wherever you are, we want to hear from you and be encouraged by what God's doing in your life. From Grenada, that's in the Caribbean, right? Yep. Yes. David writes, I'm writing to you from St. George's. I'm an ardent follower of Hope Sabbath School, and I've been following your program for over three years. Mm. I watch the program faithfully every Friday evening to usher in the Sabbath day. And I, the study has been and continues to be a blessing to me. Mm. It fortifies me <laughs> to make meaningful contributions when I attend Bible study at church. Mm. Continue your good work. Special greetings to Jason. Well, Jason <laughs> and Travis. Well, Travis, you're up on the wall and well, someone else who isn't here today. So, but I guess David knows you all by name. And David, thanks for writing to us. Jennifer writes from Australia and Jennifer says, I love the interaction on Hope Sabbath School and the sharing of such good thoughts. Excellent. Well, Jennifer, thank you. And we talk about being an in-depth, interactive. interactive study of the Word of God. And I'm always encouraged to receive notes from you where you say, Derek, I downloaded the outline that we all use in the class and I'm teaching a class in my area. And people like it because it's not one person just talking all the time, <laughs> but it's interactive. So thank you, Jennifer, for reminding us how important that is. Here is a note from a donor in Indiana in the United States of America. Thank you for writing to us. The donor says, I found Hope Sabbath School on DirecTV. Mm -hmm. So that's one of our big satellite networks, DirecTV, Channel 368. And then a little testimony along with the donation the donor writes and says, no matter what is going on in our lives, 
God is always in the plan. Amen. Amen. He knows what is best. So, speaking to you as Hope Sabbath School team and to Hope Sabbath School members all around the world, the donor says, don't ever look back. (laughs) No matter how hard it is, trust in God and depend on Him. Amen? Amen. 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 And with that uh, exhortation, a donation of $100 to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. Thank you, donor in Indiana and your husband. You know who you are. We appreciate your support. We're a donor-supported ministry. Thanks to each one of you for your support. You know you can go to our website, push the little yellow button, right? Thank you very much. One last note for Brendy in Zambia. We have a lot of Hope Sabbath School members in Brent, in uh, Zambia. I used to I used to say we've got a million watching. I think we have a million watching in Zambia. <laughs> Brendy White writes and says, "Hope's is interesting language. Hope Sabbath School builds my Christianity." Mm. Interesting. Mm. Makes me a more devoted follower of Jesus. Yes. Wow. Makes me understand the word of God accurately and prepares me for our local Sabbath school study. (laughs) Well, Brendy, thanks for writing to us from the beautiful country of Zambia. I was there a few years ago at Rusangu University, and I'm amazed at what God is doing, not only in Zambia, but all around the world, preparing people for the soon coming of Jesus. Amen. Well, we've been offering a special gift in this series. It's the book, a digital copy of Acts of the Apostles, It's a wonderful resource, about 40 chapters just focusing on the ministry of the Apostle Paul, including his ministry in Ephesus that we're studying about. If you haven't gone to our website, click on the free gift tab and got your free copy, do it now. But you'll remember if you were with us in the last two programs, we offered a second free gift specifically talking about the armor of God. It's called Radical Protection. That is available for each one of you. If you go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess, click on the free gift tab. We're praying you would not only be blessed, but bless others through the things you're learning. Right now, for the last time, (laughs) at least for the last time here on Hope Sabbath School, we're going to sing our theme song. It's taken from the letter of to the Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. It's the Apostle Paul's prayer for each one of us. Let's sing it together. I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. With lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. With lowliness and gentleness, with long Worthy of the calling, 
I therefore beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, as we come to the end of this journey through Paul's inspired letter to the Ephesians, I pray as we talk about living what we've learned, Ephesians in the heart, that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. Bless each Hope Sabbath School member around the world. May a supernatural blessing come, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, this is a great study because we're going to have an opportunity to share how the great themes of this inspired letter have impacted our lives. And so we want to begin with the opening words and the closing words. And I'm going to ask Shana if you would read Ephesians 1 verse 2 and Ephesians 6 verse 24. And as we hear those words... What does it tell us about Paul's intention under the guidance of the Spirit in writing this letter to Christians in Ephesus? And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And verses, verse, chapter 6, verse 24 says, Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Amen. What do you hear there? I know you hear the word grace, but what, what's the intention? Anybody? Jonathan? I, I think he's trying to maybe capture a bit of his heart behind it, okay. and just his wish in their lives. And... So what kind of facial expression, Amy, is he making as he's writing this, do you think? Grace to you and peace. I think he's smiling. Smiling? Anybody else smiling? Tears? Yes, Travis, what do you think? He's, he's in prison, right? But he said, I'm an ambassador in chains. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, what, what, do you th what does he look like as he's saying grace to you, my brothers and sisters? I was thinking of what the angel said to the shepherds. The message to the world has always been glory to God in the highest and a peace, you know, uh, to, and goodwill towards men on earth. And this is what Paul is trying to get across to the churches that they have God's favor. And I believe he's probably <laughs> weeping while mm -hmm. he's writing these down because he himself had been saved by grace. Ah, oh, beautiful. Yes, thank you for grace. When we yes. see grace, our heart is moved. Yes. So here's a practical question. 
and I'm going to ask Haiti to begin our discussion, but give an opportunity for several of you to respond. And that is, Haiti, how do we move from simply understanding the intellectual concept of grace, unmerited favor, to actually experiencing God's grace? It's where Paul says, grace to you, Haiti, not just, oh, learn about grace. No, grace to you. How do we come to that place? I think that first of all, we just need to spend time with him. The more time we spend in his word and speaking to him in prayer, the more uh, we, we will become aware of that in so many areas of our lives. And we will also become aware of areas where we need to uh, make changes. The Holy Spirit will convict us. We'll, we'll be able to confess those sins to the Lord and then to turn and live differently. All right. Spending time together is one way that we move beyond a knowledge to actually experiencing God's grace. Gladys? Well, grace is unmerited favor. Something when we, we don't, don't deserve. deserve. <laughs> so I think that when we experience that, when we realize our sinful nature, when we have fallen, when we have disappointed God, and yet he opens his arms and gives us love, we receive that grace and we can feel loved. So I think that when Paul says, you know, grace to you, if you haven't experienced it, you will not have, like he says there, undying love for Christ because the closeness you come, the more that you will feel that you're undeserving of what he gives you. You mentioned about recognizing our, our brokenness, our sinfulness. Is that, is that essential, Jason, in order to really appreciate the depths of God's grace? I think it is because we have to recognize where we are in order to see how good God is. If we, if we don't recognize our sinfulness, then uh, we, God's grace won't have the same mm -hmm. meaning to us. Yeah. And I'm thinking of some words. You scan the letter. We've studied it for many hours. Uh, he described us before grace found us. Mm -hmm. By the way, God extended grace from the very beginning, right? But before grace found us, how did he describe us, Stephanie? Do you remember? Dead. Dead. Dead in our trespasses and sins, children of wrath. Mm -hmm. So I think you're right, Jason. We have to recognize how far we are from God to experience his grace. You remember the story in the time of Jesus? One came in, well, I'm glad I'm not like him. And another came, Shana, and, and how, how, did, how was he? Just mm -hmm. humble and, and... You remember his words, God be... Merciful, merciful to, to me, sinner. I'm yeah. a sinner. Yeah. And what did Jesus say? Who experienced the grace that day? The sin, the one who called himself a sinner. The one yeah. who recognized yeah. his great yeah. need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask a question. Uh, who has helped you? Let me start with Leah. Leah, and there's no right or wrong answer. I will give several of you an opportunity. Maybe someone watching our program will send an email. I want to tell you who's helped me to understand the grace of God more fully. You might say, it was my grandma. It was my mama. It was Preacher Jones. Or, But who's helped you, Leah? You've, you're growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. You shared that you're, you're not where you used to be, that God's working with you and He's growing you in grace. 
who has helped you to understand the grace of God, how precious you are to God? Yeah. Um, well, in this current season of life, a lot has changed recently. Um, I'm still fairly young, and um, I'm, I'm very, very close with my parents. Um, and I'm certainly young enough to remember a lot of times where um, they gave me a lot of that undeserved merit, that grace. Um, <laughs> I certainly didn't deserve at times. Um, but they have extended so much grace to me in this season of transition. Um, you know, change is scary. Um, and in a lot of ways, I uh, I did not meet it with a willing spirit. Um, so it's been it's been wonderful to see my parents offer that to me um, it, during the many the, the many different trials in the current season. Um, but just as good parents, as God is a good father to us, um, you know, they still tell me that they love me. They still tell me that they're proud of me, even when maybe I've, I've failed them or I feel like I failed myself or I failed God. Um, that is still extended to me. And it's a beautiful example of what God gives to us. Thank you. And I just want to share, I, I hope Leah's parents don't mind, but I was blessed to meet them when I visited Tennessee. And they are indeed wonderful. I'm sure they're not perfect. You're probably watching the program, but what a beautiful thing. And what a blessing to have parents yeah. who, who have actually shown us what grace looks like. Anybody else? Uh, Amy? You know, I was raised in the church, so I heard all of this, mm. but it was all head knowledge and it didn't really become heart knowledge until I went to the mission field. Mm. And what and does when, it mean? Someone might not know. What do you mean mission field? Mission field. We went to Asia as missionaries to reach people, to share the gospel with people who had never, ever heard the name of Jesus before. Wow. Um, and one lady in particular, she was living in a slum, had nothing, even lost her legs to diabetes, you know, absolutely had nothing. And the only thing that she could remember was this, a children's song that I taught her, Deep and Wide, Deep and Wide. Mm -hmm. And in, in Thai and Lao, they sing it, God's love is deep and wide. And she died with that song on her lips. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that ministered to me so much, how much I have that I've taken for granted. Mm -hmm. But she caught a glimpse wow. of God's grace a glimpse. Yes. Um, yes. through a song, <laughs> Haiti. I was uh, blessed to have godly parents who extended grace to me when I went through a rebellious stage in my life for a, lot, a, lot of, a large part of my teenage years. Um, and I understood the, the grace of God through that. But then I became a parent. And it's easy when your kids are, are small. Yeah, they, they mess up, but they're so cute and adorable. That's how God makes balance so we don't kill them. But now that they are teenagers, we have gone through some really difficult things, my husband and I, with our kids. And it wasn't until I had to extend grace mm. that I fully understood what I do to the heart of God mm. and how badly mm. I hurt him wow. when he sees me do things that he says, you know that that's wrong. I've mm -hmm. taught you, you know, the opposite of this. I've given you everything so that you have, you know, you walk in mm. the right way and I see you going this way. It's when I fully understood mm. how badly I hurt him mm. and, and, and what it means, what he has done for me. And it gives me the patience uh, to deal with my kids and to and to do the same, because uh, sometimes the Lord gives me a rebuke. Remember where I brought you from. 
mm. and extend that that grace to them mm. and that unconditional mm. love to them as I have to you. Mm. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing, Haiti. Is there anyone, either a remote team member or here in the studio, who someone other than a parent was someone that revealed grace, helped you to understand and experience mm. the grace of God more fully? Jackson? So I had this friend who was very close to me, uh, and we got into a problem with each other. And it was so bitter. Uh, I would not have even imagined that he he might he would turn from being my best friend to my worst enemy. Oh. Uh, he did a lot of things uh, that was very hurtful. So there was this time uh, I went to him and talked to him and said, "Hey, I'm really sorry that uh, all these things has happened, and I want to forgive you." Uh, mm-hmm. And I want to make things better for the both of us. And we mm-hmm. patched up. And I, I would say that when I forgave him, I felt a relief. Hmm. And by showing grace, I felt the grace that God had bestowed upon me. Mm-hmm. In that experience, Shana. So my story is also about a friend, um, but it just reaffirms uh, for me that having godly friends is so essential. Um, But one of my very best friends, um, there were times when I've messed up in our relationship and she's extended the grace of God. And it's moved me so much to be like, whoa, I messed up, but she extended such grace and she didn't have to. Um, and it prompts me to then want to change and be more Christ-like too. Mm. So it sounds like whether it's a parent with a child or with a friend, that sometimes we catch a glimpse, not the fullness of God's grace, but we catch a glimpse of God's grace in those interpersonal relationships, either by extending grace or by experiencing grace. Whichever one it is, we want to move beyond just knowing the theory. Grace to you, Paul says, right? Grace to you to actually experience his grace. Well, another important element we're talking about Ephesians in our heart is this idea of being saved by grace through faith. And uh, I'm going to ask Lelika if you would read now from Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. Now, again, these are some passages we've been studying through this series, but we're summarizing today the big picture. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So is there anyone here, maybe you're watching and you can say, Derek, that's me, and you can write to us and give us your testimony. But is there anyone here who grew up with the idea that you would be saved if you were good enough? If God kind of evaluated and said, "Mm, uh, okay, I think you're good enough. Uh, Did anybody grow up with that that idea? Uh, Travis, I see you nodding your head. Uh, that that's kind of hard for 
us to believe because you're so strong on grace, you know, <laughs> like the Apostle Paul, right? <laughs> Paul was so strong on grace because of the grace that had been shown to him. I know mm. you're so grateful for the grace of God, but how was it growing up, Travis? Uh, <clears throat> you know, I always wanted to be, I grew up in a Christian home and always wanted mm. to be a Christian person. I always love God and love the idea of God. And I remember going to an evangelistic series and um, it was basically taught to me that uh, if uh, God would accept me if I was good enough. And I remember going through my teenage years and my parents divorced and I just gave up on God because uh, I just uh, couldn't be good enough. And, um, and I told the story many times the book Desire of Ages, just reading it in the tree stand that one time. And it was then that I just realized that I ha I had God's favor already. Mm. And uh, yeah, that mm. was that was it for me. Mm. Mm. Amen. Praise God. For those of you that don't know, he used to be a hunter. Now he hunts people for Jesus. <laughs> mm. Used to be a hunter out there in a tree. Someone gave him a copy of Desire of Ages, and he read the story of another man up in a tree that Jesus called by name. Wow. And, uh, and Travis's life was changed. But did any of you feel the pain of, of just having a false idea and just saying, I just don't feel good enough? And the devil says, well, why don't you just give up? Where does that false idea come from that salvation comes by being good enough rather than what's clearly taught in Scripture, including Ephesians. Mm. It is by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Amy, I'm going to go to you because you said you worked in Asia. And I know that there are many world religions that think they have to do things to earn the favor of the gods. They'll even beat themselves or punish themselves in different ways. Where, where does that idea come from that somehow we have to earn God's favor. I don't know where it originally came from. You know, I can't point to a story in the Bible, though there may be one. But yeah, the whole idea that we can, I mean, even in school, you know, if you do well enough in your, in your grade, you'll pass to the next grade. If you do well enough in something, you'll get to go on and move on. And so it's kind of built into the culture. But where it originally came from is just a deception of the devil. Uh, I, really I think you just is. told us where it came yeah. from. Yeah. <laughs> it, it came uh, from the Prince of Darkness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if he can convince you that you'll only feel assurance of salvation if you feel good enough, yep. mm -hmm. you're lost. Yeah. Right? That's right. Mm -hmm. So look at some stories in the Bible with me uh, that are wonderful illustrations that were saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Uh, Lalika, can you think of a story? You say, wow, that really is being saved by grace through faith, not, not because the person was good enough, but they trusted Jesus. Definitely. King David, um, his whole life he walked with God later on when he committed adultery and murder. Um, yeah, it was, he, he, he confessed that he was born in iniquity, conceived in sin, 
right? That he, you only had it to lean on the grace of God to be saved. And he's looking forward, of course, to Messiah to come. Jesus hasn't yet come. The incarnation is not going to happen for a thousand years. But by faith, he's looking forward and he's praying, creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, right? Amen. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your that, That's grace. That's not, God, I'll try to do better and not kill as many people or not, not lust as much as I used to. No, restore to me. Thank you, Lalika, King David. Haiti, can you think of another example of someone that's a startling example that we're saved by grace through faith? So the first person that came to my mind when I read that was Samson, because Here's this guy that has like no self-control. He's like the opposite of the fruits of the spirit. He is not gentle. He does not have self-control. He has a bad temper. He struggles with lust. Um, he's disobedient to his parents. And yet when he calls out to God, that grace, Amen. that grace Amen. is there. God hears him and the spirit of the Lord comes down upon him and still works through him. And then he's mentioned in Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith. I don't know why. That looks crazy. <laughs> that's not who I would think would be in there. But he, but God, through his grace, can do that. He can mm -hmm. make us something new. So I just want to say, uh, I feel the same as Haiti. If I was just reading in the Old Testament, I would have said, I don't think he's going to make it. <laughs> but he ends up in the chapter of faith. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad, doesn't the Bible say, I think it was uh, Samuel the prophet, that men look on the outside, outside yeah. but God, God looks, looks at, the at the heart. And, mm -hmm. and most of the heart, as Haiti pointed out, was, was wild and crazy mm -hmm. and disconnected. But it appears, can you think of someone else right at the end of their life? Uh, yeah. Father, maybe then he prays, you know, yeah. as he's about to bring the building down. Mm -hmm. You know, God... Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Save me mm -hmm. by your mercy. Amen. You say, that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> Answer is, that's grace. grace. Amen. Amen. Um, I think you're talking about there was a thief on the cross who believed that, you know, the man next to him could save him and asked him and, and Jesus promised him that. Lord, remember he, me yeah. when, when you come into your kingdom. Right. Um, How much else was he able to do, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> but then I was also thinking of Rahab, the harlot. Um, In the story of the, the conquering of Jericho. Right. Mm. Um, if, if it was by works, she would not be saved. She was a harlot. But she believed that this God of these people was the true God. And, and her faith moved her to act mm. on these people's behalfs and... and she was saved. That doesn't sound that. fair either. Yeah. That's why it's called grace, it's grace, grace yeah. right? And, and if we understand correctly, she ends up in the family tree of Jesus. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. She marries a man named Salmon and has a son named Boaz, oh, yes. yeah. who married Ruth. And, and their descendant yeah. is uh, Jesus of Nazareth. That's an amazing picture, isn't it? Well, mm -hmm. the grace of God really is remarkable. We've got to move on with our time here to experiencing the new life. If we just took those two lessons, grace to you, and Peace. by faith mm -hmm. to the undeserving, because grace, mm -hmm. if it's not received by faith, 
What? It's not no value. value. It, it has no impact on your life, right? That's right. You have to choose to accept by faith. You say, even me, God? Mm. Even me? Mm. And the answer is, yes. Amen. Call upon the name of the Lord. Well, Jackson, take us, if you would, to Ephesians 2, verse 10. Because one of the big themes also, in fact, a good portion of Ephesians is talking about the creation, the new life, yes. right? The new creation. True. How to live, having been saved by God's grace, accepted through faith. And let's, uh, let's read Ephesians 2, verse 10. The New King James Version says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Now there's another text in 2 Corinthians 5. Maybe someone could find it. 2 Corinthians 5. Leah, could you read that for us? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Some of you know it well, but maybe someone's hearing it for the first time. Uh, Paul said here to the Ephesians, we're, we're God's workmanship. Uh, what, what does he say to the followers of Jesus in Corinth? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 in the English, English Standard Version says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Is that immediate or is that a process? A process. What do you think? Jonathan? Oh, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan said both. There is an immediate change that happens. Give me a story of someone that immediately there was a transformation in the life when he accepted the grace of God. Saul. Which later became Paul. Saul became mm -hmm. Paul. Give me another one. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, immediate change. He's given away half of what he owns. He used to live for money. Now he's living for Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Gives away half of what he owns. If I wronged anyone, anybody else. Immediate change when they committed their heart to Jesus. Um, Shana. I can't quite remember the exact example, but um, Philip on the way to Damascus, I believe, um, Oh, on the way to Gaza, maybe. Yeah. Philip. But there was... A, Ethiopian? A eunuch. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was like, you know, explained this Bible text to me and was like, okay, there's water. I want to be baptized <laughs> right now. <laughs> and yeah. So, and he was a government official, yeah. undoubtedly with bodyguards and an entourage who could have said, this poor little guy running alongside of me, you know, is not worthy to talk to me. Instead, he invites him up into his chariot and commits his life to Jesus. Yeah. Mm. So, Jonathan, thank you for saying both. First, you're saying immediate mm -hmm. when we call upon Jesus and accept mm -hmm. his grace. But you also said it is a process. Let's talk mm -hmm. about that. Somebody, a process. Jason, this idea of new creation life, transformation. Talk to me about that being both immediate and a process. Sure. I think of with process, I think of someone like the story of Abraham, Abraham, who immediately, you know, when God called him, he went out. So there was definitely a change. He's following God. But then in that process, he made some mistakes. So there's kind of, you know, having to, you know, fall down, get back up. So, so there are points where there's an immediate change, but then there can still be backtracking and moving forward. And eventually, Abraham does get to the point where he's, you can see there's almost like a complete surrender with the sacrifice of Isaac there. But that is a journey of decades. 
Mm -hmm. uh, you were very uh, generous yeah. when you said made some mistakes. Yes. I mean, you made some big mistakes, <laughs> yes. right? And yet it was a journey. Someone yes. else, can you think of another Bible character mm -hmm. uh, that, that it was a journey for her or a journey for him? Mm -hmm. Jackson? The story of Moses. Mm -hmm. uh, Moses, when he grew up in the palace of Pharaoh, he was very ambitious. He was going to be the next Pharaoh, so he was well in line to be the next Pharaoh. He didn't know that he had a lot of problems with his heart. So God took him to the wilderness for 40 years where he had to learn by uh, having the sheep taken to the pastures, very subtle lessons from nature before he would be called to do a great thing to lead Israel from Egypt to Canaan. Mm. So we could find many and say yeah. it's probably not overnight. Uh, the Apostle Peter, oops, you know, <laughs> he, he was pretty bold. And then he's cursing and saying he doesn't know Jesus. Right. Then he comes back and yeah. later he denies eating with the Gentiles. And yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. Why is it important to remember that this new life in Christ is a journey and not just a one-time experience. Amy? Mm. I think we need to have grace with ourselves, mm. but we need to have grace with others. Mm. You know, when my, when my kids were learning to walk, they weren't born running. They wanted to, but they were not born running. And they would fall when they were trying, and I'd just pick them up, brush them up, keep going. You know, the Christian walk is very much the same. So sh be showing grace to yourself, but also grace to people around you, if they haven't quite arrived yet, that's a, a lesson every husband and every wife and every parent and everyone in a relationship with anyone has to learn, right? You shared some testimonies about friction with friends. We have to learn grace. It's a journey, a process. But there is joy on the journey. As we recognize, Stephanie, maybe you could share from your own experience. Um, people look and say, well, Stephanie, I don't know. Tell me a time when you just felt real joy of saying, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing this new creation life, not bragging about it, but just sensing that God was at work um, by his grace through faith. Yeah, I think when I came to the realization that I really wanted to surrender my life completely to God, and this is actually grace shown to me and um, feeling that change and recognizing the change. I had had an issue with a friend of mine in, in high school and um, couldn't remember what it was, but was still angry uh, for some reason. And you know how that, that can be. And um, when I realized that I, I was giving everything to God, I didn't want to hold on to that. I couldn't even remember. It was useless. And I really <laughs> wanted to... I wanted to let her know that I'm sorry for what I did, and I, I was able to track, track her down. And uh, I, I spoke to Sandy, and she said to me, um, I said, I just want to apologize. I don't even know what it was, but I don't, you know, don't want to hold on to this, and I, I'm being baptized. I want it to be a complete new start. And she said something to me that I won't forget. She said, Stephanie, I forgave you a long time ago. Mm -hmm. ah. And it, it helped me to realize she was more of a Christian than I was mm -hmm. at that moment. And um, I just praise God for, you know, the Christian friends that we do have that are knowledgeable enough to extend the grace 
that they've received. Yeah. So yeah. I praise God for that. Praise God. Yeah. Travis, I want to give you an opportunity to share. You shared your testimony of coming to Christ before, but uh, you were a successful businessman. Uh, part of surrendering fully to Christ involved uh, not just living for making money anymore. You had uh, lots of acquisitions, right? I could list the things and people would go, wow, Travis was really successful. But you found some real joy in this new creation life uh, as you've surrendered fully to Jesus and accepted his grace for you personally. Tell us some about the joy you've experienced. Well, Derek, I think um, for me, the, the biggest joy that I get now is doing ministry. You know, I was when I first sold my business in uh, Wisconsin and uh, started doing ministry, I went all over the world. And that was really exciting, just traveling. But it, but it was more than just going to these places, because when I went to these places, I not only got to experience um, what it was like to worship um, from their perspective in different cultures, but I got to see people accepting Jesus as their personal savior. And now I get to be involved. We started a ministry and now I get to be involved with these people. I didn't know back then what God was even doing. Now I'm involved in all these countries where I was before. And now I see clearly what God was doing, mm. but, and get to be helping children. And, and, um, it just makes life worth it. It just seems like um, I just told um, one of the guys I work with just this morning when I was doing Hope Sabbath School, I says, this is my job. This is the most important thing. The rest of the work, that can wait till later. But this is the most important thing that I do. And that's the way I feel. I, if, if, if everything with work fell apart and everything uh, tanked, as long as I could be sharing uh, the gospel, that would be that would be the most uh, enjoyable thing for me. Amen. That's a shift in values, right? Yeah, sure. So we're talking yeah. about joy, Gladys, where where when we enter into this new creation life, because we've not only heard about grace in mm -hmm. theory, but we've accepted his grace by faith. Um, and it's a journey. Mm -hmm. Tell us about some joy you experienced. For me, what God has been working is uh, taking his word, taking him at his word mm -hmm. and really w believing that he said, what he said he will do, he, he be standing on that, that he will do what he says he Give will do. Give me a do. practical example in your life. Yes. Um, recently, like I, like I mentioned in the previous study, I just got a new job and I received this whole um, paper just telling me like 15 pages, just telling me all the things that I was supposed to be doing. And you're involved in a ministry in a related mi job, volunteers, right? volunteers, yes. Your background is professional Education. as a teacher, right? Yes. Okay. So I was, I was studying the Bible that morning and I was overwhelmed and I was just saying, Lord, you have to help me. And the story of Hezekiah came to my mind. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. So I took the 15 pages and I spread it out on the floor of my mm. cubicle and I knelt down and I read the prayer of Hezekiah over my paper. And I said, Lord, you see what these papers say, <laughs> you know, but I know that you can handle it. You're, you're the God that has delivered me before. You have given me life. You have given, you have given me healing. You have taken me through all this process. You, this is nothing for you. So I want you today to show me that this is what you want me to do and give me the steps. And it was just amazing. It was like 
phone call after phone call, one exactly everything that I had asked God. And I started keeping a journal. I said, I have to write this down mm -hmm. because it was like to the word mm -hmm. of what I have prayed over these papers that God just started answering. Mm -hmm. So all around the world, Hope Sabbath School members now are going to spread out things all over the floor. <laughs> just That's taking not, out his not word. Not a bad thing to do. Yes. That's what mm -hmm. King Hezekiah did. He said, yeah. Lord, mm -hmm. show us what to do here. Yeah. Uh, and you notice when Gladys was sharing, she was smiling <laughs> because there is joy yes. in walking by faith in this grace walk. Yes, Stephanie. And it makes me think that we can take his word for what it says mm -hmm. and we we can fully embrace it and trust him to do what he said he will do. Amen. Haiti, would you read in chapter four, one to three, because a fourth major theme here is the whole idea of walking in unity. And uh, we've been talking about this new life, but it's not a new life just as individuals, right? Mm, yeah. It's a new life as mm. the body. So, Haiti, if you could read the first three verses. It's actually our scripture song, so you can either sing it <laughs> for us or read it. Ephesians 4. One. I think I'll read it. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says... I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So Paul's appealing to them to walk in unity. Uh, why can that be challenging, even for Christians, to, to be in unity as a community together. Jason? Well, we're humans and we have our own <laughs> desires, our own preferences, and we have our own distinctions and differences. And sometimes those differences don't always align, which is okay, but they can create tension sometimes and make it difficult has, to be unified. Has that ever happened for you, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Many times in my life. Okay, so, so even if we didn't have an enemy trying to sow Discord. Do you remember Jesus told about good seed planted, mm -hmm. then an enemy came and sowed weeds? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Jesus said, the devil has done this. That's mm -hmm. right. Even if we didn't have this great controversy that we studied about, this great battle and the protection we need, we still need humility and grace, yeah. right? Yeah. To, to be united, working together. But then there's the yeah. enemy mm -hmm. that comes in. What are some of the seeds that the enemy might sow, Jonathan, that, that, that would trigger uh, the possibility of disunity. Well, I, I think because as Christians, we believe these things are very important. We believe the things we study, the scripture, etc. but we don't all agree. <laughs> and so we can look at what other people may say or do and feel like, oh, this is very important that that is wrong and start attacking each other or undermining each other or treating each other with less than grace and uh, hurt, causing huge hurt and pain in the body of Christ. Um, someone said major in the majors, you know, not the minors and almost everything is minor. Uh, what are some minors we could get? Some small things. You understand what I'm saying? Major and minor, right? What are some small things we could get stuck on Leah, I know you said I'm young and still growing, but maybe you could take a, a shot at this one. Uh, what, what's a small thing we could get stuck on that could cause disunity 
when really it may just be a preference and we need to mm -hmm. focus on the bigger things like love and joy and peace and so as you know i am um involved in worship at my local church um and worship style is something that divides a lot of different people um and a lot of different walks of life everybody seems to have an opinion about it um and it can either be a way to learn more about each other or a way to uh, further divide each other, um, how people want to worship, the style in which they want to worship, when they want to worship. Um, and I think there's a lot of power that can come when we listen to each other um, and when we kind of integrate with one another, you know, maybe we can fuse our styles of worship. Um, but of course, there's there's no unity that can come when we just, when we jump to conclusions and say the other person is wrong um, mm -hmm. and that's that's not how we do it, That's that's not going to get us anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I had the privilege some years ago of pastoring a congregation that had five worship services. Mm -hmm. wow. I suppose a narrow perspective would be to say, and I know the right way, so every one of those has to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. But actually, one thing I really appreciated about the worship leader, Ministry of Music, is that they were all different. <laughs> mm. One of them had a choir and a brass ensemble and an organ and another one was piano with praise teams. Another one had uh, some different instruments and one of them was just singing a cappella from hymnals and, and uh, which one is right? Mm -hmm. What would Jesus say? I think there are some guidelines, right? But Jesus says, I want you to worship me in spirit, in spirit and in truth is the attitude we come with the heart. Will mm -hmm. that affect like uh, Lee was talking about, some mm -hmm. music we might set aside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, even some classical music smells like burning sulfur, you know, <laughs> and some is very praiseworthy, like Handel's Messiah. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily the genre of music, but how it impacts the heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I remember one time the Minister of Music said, well, if you don't like the music there, it's okay. Just go to another one that you like the music. Yeah. The principle is don't attack the people who are being drawn to Christ yeah. through yeah. those praise songs mm -hmm. or attack the people who uh, like to hear the organ. Does mm -hmm. that make sense to you? Yes. Amen. Uh, what, are the, what are the big things mm -hmm. that we focus on? Well, uplifting Christ, mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. rejoicing in His grace, right. calling people to confess their sins and mm -hmm. to believe that God mm -hmm. wants to save them. But it's easy for division to come. So here's yeah. a practical question. We've got just a few minutes left. And uh, I'm going to start with Stephanie. Okay. Here's a question. There's someone in your local fellowship mm -hmm. who's sowing discord just like the story of the sowing the weeds. Mm -hmm. And you can see how it is disturbing the unity of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone's watching. Maybe you're watching saying, I know, her, I know the person's name. Mm. <laughs> what counsel would you give? Because God wants us to, to be in the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, right? Right. If they see that kind of, uh, what's the word? disruption, that, mm -hmm. that disturbance happening by an individual. What would you say? What counsel would you give? I first of all would pray mm -hmm. because I think that's really necessary 
and then try to, if I didn't know that person, get to know them and understand their background, to know where they're coming from and why they may be bringing that discord. So you'd actually draw close to that, if I can use the word troublemaker, Sure. to try to understand. And then as that safe uh, communication, they feel comfortable, mm -hmm. then gently by the mercy of God and much prayer, share with them what the results could be if they continue. Mm -hmm. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> Someone could, uh, that person could turn around and attack you. Sure. Or, uh, or you could be criticized for somehow enabling that person. Mm -hmm. But you're saying the beginning, pray, prayer, much prayer. You're praying your way through, Stephanie. Yeah, I think the alternative is to go and tell someone else about their, that person who's sowing discord and just add to the discord. Mm -hmm. That's called gossip, I think, yeah. right? Sure. <laughs> Could be. Unless mm -hmm. I go to a spiritual leader and say, uh, I don't know what to do here, but, but this is right. the activity. I need your counsel, or could we do what the Bible says and go two by two? Mm -hmm. Could I take someone with me? Jason? Yes, I was going to say, our churches have organization. We have leaders who are in place who may have additional wisdom or guidance, and they may be able to give advice about how to relate to some of these difficulties as well. So I'm thinking of a scripture song my wife uh, helped me memorize, listen to counsel, receive, receive instruction, instruction, that, that you may be wise mm. in your latter days. Mm. So, but, but even that would need prayer to go to the right yes. person yeah. to help. Yeah. But this, this could happen, right? Sowing discord, mm -hmm. uh, but you're saying we should do something. Mm -hmm. At yeah. very minimum, we should pray. Mm -hmm. Jackson? I think the prayer would be focused on being spirit-filled, because it's God who is changing the person's heart. That's right. So we're not just working by ourselves with our own thoughts and own words, but it's mm -hmm. God preparing the person's heart yes. and the right Did time to say That's right. What That's a powerful say. comment because, Jackson, the easy prayer is, God, fix that troublemaker. <laughs> but you're saying, Lord, do something in me. Amy? I think the prayer is also important because it changes my heart towards that person as well. I'm not going to be going to them with an attitude of anger. You know, mm. God, help me to show grace. Help me to minister They may already to them. be angry for mm -hmm. some other reasons, right? right? We're going to wrap up with one last comment, and I've got a remote, so I'm watching you two in, 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 here in, in our studio. Most important, I would just want it one sentence, most important takeaway lesson, and I want to invite you as our Hope Sabbath School family, wherever you are, send me an email sshopehopetv.org. Hope, this has been an amazing study exploring Ephesians. What is the most important takeaway lesson? Mm. Travis, I see your hand raised. One sentence, Travis, most important takeaway lesson for you from Ephesians. That God wants us to grow always in, in, in grace and knowledge of his love. Amen. All right. He wants us to grow in grace. Stephanie? We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep our eyes on Jesus. You taught about the battle. That's particularly important, but mm -hmm. even for our salvation, right? Yes. Gladys? Stand firm. Stand firm. You're quoting from Ephesians 6, 10. Stand firm, therefore, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Someone else. Most important takeaway lesson. Haiti? Um, I would say love. 
that you are loved, that I am loved, that God loves us so much that even though we didn't deserve it, we don't deserve it still, and we can never earn it, he gave his life for us. And because of that, we should live differently. <laughs> Jackson. No one is too hopeless to be saved. Mm -hmm. Ah, mm -hmm. wow. Dead in your trespasses and sins. Mm -hmm. Amy, take away lesson for you. I don't know. They're all good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if you can't do it with grace, get on your knees. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're facing in life. Whatever you're facing in life, mm -hmm. face it with the grace of God, knowing if you cause the problem yourself, that God extends grace to you. Forgiveness, new beginning, new life, all at once. No, it's a journey, but it starts right now. And then extend that grace to those around you. The one who has been forgiven much, Jesus said, loves much. Let that be said of us as we interact with one another. I want to pray a special blessing for you and for your family that what you've learned during this series would continue to transform your life. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for this inspired testimony from the Apostle Paul. Thank you for your grace that we can experience by faith and can transform us day by day. Amen. May we experience all that you desire for us until, Lord Jesus, we see you face to face. We pray in your holy name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. What a journey exploring Ephesians. But don't just keep it in your head as intellectual knowledge. Live what you have learned, my friend, and go out. Be a blessing to those around you.